Your host this week, Bryant Wishmaster Daniels, and joining me across the universe on Skype is none other than Todd Trace Trade Fortner. What's going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's lovely to do this shit with you as 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 usual. Now I understand why you love the Shutter. Now I, I do understand. love the Shutter. I do love the Shutter. If you want to hear our review of Psycho Gorman, a Shutter a Shutter exclusive, go check it out on patreoncom backslash pod. Five dollars a month. We'll get you four additional bonus Skip It tutorial episodes every month. That's more Skip It tutorial in your life. And you can let us know if you agree or disagree with our opinions or perspectives at Skip the Tutorial Podcast at gmail.com, stt underscore pod on Twitter, Instagram.com backslash Skip the Tutorial Pod, Facebook.com backslash Skip the Tutorial Pod. We are Skip the Tutorial Podcast. We're a video game show. Me and Todd get together every week, talk about video games, the news, a roundtable. Sometimes we do a top seven. This week we're doing a top seven, not video game related, but it should strike a little nostalgia in the heart of our audience. This week we are talking about our top seven movies we loved as kids. So I think... Indubitably. (laughs) This was the hardest list I've ever done. Absolutely. And also with the Patreon, if you also want to hear me go balls deep into exactly what I think about what's going on with the AMC situation, yep. which like any other times, this might be a more time sensitive one. If that's something you want to check out, you can, you can check that out there. But, uh, yeah, so the, it, I think that's why it was such a great fucking idea for you to be like, Hey, man, let's just talk about the, the, the movies that we loved as kids. You know what I'm saying? Cause, Again, we always talk about it, man. One, not only video games that brought us together, it was music first, actually. That strange yep. conversation about some uh, similar music that we like. And then, uh, you know, found out that you and Bill had uh, Behind the Pop where you really talked about pop culture and did movies and movie reviews and had done interviews with real, like, filmmakers and actors that I really enjoyed. Like, that movie connection kind of came there. And then we finally settled on video games like damn you fuck with some of the same games and or we just learn from each other and then boom skip the tutorial was born so uh, i think it's only right that we we have a a good uh favorite movies but like you were saying bro this this is just like a strange list to make man this was a re- really difficult one 100 percent fun it's, though fun. it was fun like it was fun to reminisce but it was very difficult to get started like by the time i got done looking at all the movies because I did a little Google research and I was just like, I have like a list of like 50 movies I could have put on this thing. Like movies that like, I think we both talked about like growing up with movies and video games and like that's kind of like it's all pop culture and reminiscent for us, but it's just kind of fun to talk about, man. I love it. But yeah, go check out that bonus show because that was a fantastic one. Uh, Todd, do you want to get us started with your number seven favorite movie you loved as a kid? My number seven favorite movie that I loved as a child, and you'll you'll see a theme. I think it's uh, a, a kid now. Now that I'm old, does call, go all the way up to like seventeen. I'm gonna say that preface. Yeah, that, I right? go. But I go like a, I went to like I think twelve or thirteen. But yeah, there's some there's some interesting. Well, that, ones you'll see that that's a great range for our age group. You when you get to my age, you'll probably raise that bar just a little bit. But my number seven is I talk about it all the time. Fuck it. This is the hardest list, but uh the Transformers movie um, nineteen eighty six. 
as far as like being a baby, a wee babe. I kind of had babe. to be honest with myself and be like, at that time, what's what's like a core basis for me? Um, as much as there like a million movies that I could put in any one of these slots, that movie, I mean, Transformers, man, that's one of my pound for pound favorite toys. I still got Optimus Prime on my my desk at work, uh, and I talk about it all the time for a reason. It kind of hit every part of my brain while it was forming as far as the animation side, the arts, uh, the storyline itself was kind of dope and, and it had that that grand 80s feel. Uh, a lot of these lists kind of boil down to me where it's like what were like genre making movies. Yes. That could, there would be a whole list of similar, similar style movies that I would enjoy or, or, cart- or whatever. Um, so like that's what you'll see here more than anything for me I think. Uh, just genre changing movies where you can put a list of a hundred movies under them that are similar that that I'm gonna enjoy that type of movies from from birth. So yeah, that's that's my number one, the 1986 Transformers movie. Yeah, it's a classic and one of the saddest movies. Like just unnecessarily depressing too. And I love every, I love that soundtrack though. I really do. I really love it, it that dope. soundtrack. I mean, the hot ride storyline, just you know, it was just it, it was it, it was a classic. I'm old. We're gonna be aging. I mean, it sucks to get old, but this right now, I dope. Uh, you got it the was touch. At, at that time too. I love that song, Stan Bush. Stan Bush, man, just what a classic. My number seven, and when I get into this list, I want to talk about the movies that I felt like. I guess basically, kind of when you hear this list, you're gonna see exactly. I'm getting at here because hold on sorry something's going on with the audio there we go i got it fixed but when you hear this list what you're going to hear is if you've been listening to the show at all for any point or period you know i love horror movies you know i love sci-fi so i went back and i started looking at the movies as a kid that kind of formed my taste today so my number seven is a made for tv horror movie that came out in the 80s I had it on VHS tape growing up because I think I got it from my garage sale when I was like eight years old. My mom gave me like two bucks to go to this garage sale, walked up and I bought this thing on VHS tape and I watched it. I don't know how many times it's called Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. If you're a horror fan, you know this movie. If this is your first time hearing it, it's a made for TV 80s movie about a developmentally disabled Bubba who is, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's wrongly accused of killing a little girl. So they enact some social justice in the town and kill Bubba. And then a year later, a scarecrow shows up and starts to mysteriously kill the people who killed Bubba. I'm telling you, this movie's a blast. It's so much fun. It's so entertaining. And it's definitely got that 80s made for TV vibe, Todd. Kind of just like it's super cheesy and over the top. And, you know, they don't show all the gore because it was for television, but it's still kind of a terrifying movie. And I love it. I still own the Blu-ray of it. It's one of my favorites. I highly recommend it. My number seven is Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Todd, what is your number six? Always dope choices. I never heard of it, but I'm probably have to check it out. I'm going to get I recommend it. it. My number six is the 1973 version of uh, Robin Hood, the animated. Oh, the animated one with Um, the Roger Miller soundtrack. A thousand percent. Uh, yes. I, I, I'll, I'll bring some of the Patreon into the regular show. I'll talk with just my, my beautiful mother uh, when I was a child. Used to work at the cable uh, company. And, you know, she would be at work. I would just be locked in the TV. And she is like the Disney aficionado. 
I've seen all the Disney movies at least 15 times between her and my sister or whatever. But my old ass, if I'm going to be honest with you, out of that whole genre, the movie that I probably watched the most as a child all the way up to, I don't know, like I could still, if that movie comes on, I'm going to still check out like 15, 20 minutes of that shit, just especially if it hits at a certain part where they singing and bobbing and doing their thing. Yeah. I'm keeping it super 1000. And, and it was a fox. Todd means fox. So I gravitated towards that as a child. And that whole Disney genre, like there's several movies you can list with that style, like the Jungle Book around that time or any of the like Snow White and Seven Dwarfs or whatever the fuck. Like that's the same kind of genre to me. The um Sword in a Stone, right? That almost in 67, yes. I think that came out. That was a that was a film that um that I definitely would could put on that as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like I said, you'll kind of see the age range changed for me Ooh, where it was just like okay golly what a day yeah i always think about that roger miller soundtrack man roger miller man yeah. So, yeah. that's a classic though dude that's that movie's such a class you and my wife agree on that that is by far her favorite disney movie of all time her favorite it's the it's the dopest shit man i love that motherfucking movie and, and for whatever reason it makes me it, like it centers the whole robin hood universe to me like my yeah. other one of my other favorite movies uh based on robin hood is probably robin hood men in tights with dave chappelle i love men but, in tights uh, that that could that could have definitely been on my list it's one of my favorite movies ever but in a weird way i tie it to the original 1973 version of the disney uh, film uh, robin hood if you haven't seen it i mean i don't know it's probably still cool for kids i'm now now i know i sound like somebody's granddaddy but now uh yeah robin hood that's my number six that is a movie classic as a kid that i dig that i love overall so yeah so my number six is not such a classic for most people's opinion. And I totally understand why I bought this movie on eBay. Like when I became an adult because I wanted to relive it and it's not nearly as good as I remember, but I loved it as a kid. It's the movie spaced invaders, spaced invaders. I freaking watched that movie. Did I just unlock a memory? That face tells me I unlocked a memory. Spaced Invaders is about four idiot aliens who land on Earth in a small town, and it's really like a take on like 50s B sci-fi movies, and they're just dumb. They're just stupid, and just they have to get away from these creatures that are trying to hunt them down, these bounty hunters, and I think at the time, the bounty hunters were those twins, like, that had a couple movies out, the big bodybuilder twins with the really high voice. And they just, like, they get the townsfolk help, and they get help from a dog and an old man and a kid. And it's Halloween night, and it's just so emblematic of the 90s, like, they would make almost anything. And this is one of those movies that not only got made, it is not a made-for-TV movie. This was released in theaters. And to go back and watch it now, it's just kind of baffling that this thing ever got made. And I love it. I love Space Invaders. I'm probably going to rewatch it again because I do this. I rewatch it, and I'm always like, that wasn't as good as I remember. But then, like, five years later, I'll be like, man, I loved that movie as a kid. Let me rewatch it again to see maybe it's gotten better. Um but it's definitely got like a War of the Worlds vibe, and it's just silly and over the top and filled with childish humor, and I absolutely love it. My number six is Spaced Invaders. So okay, that you saw my face, you know? What I'm yes, saying? I completely yeah. forgot about that film. That's why I say this list is gonna be dope. Uh, straight up, that is definitely a great fucking suggestion and re- reminder. Uh, especially, I, you know, I've been playing Destroy All Humans. And yeah, that game is fucking. It is fucking fun. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna lie, this is so fucking great. So they kind of hit everything in tune. That that is a really good film that people really hadn't even heard about. So I I personally again appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, so number five. Yeah, number five. I'm gonna keep my shit pretty much the same as it always is, man. It's the Last Dragon, Barry Gordy's Motown version <laughs> of Last Dragon. That movie. Uh, if you go to uh skip the tutorial YouTube channel that we don't pay enough attention to. You can see uh, a little bit of gameplay from my stupid, uh, like, horrible edited fucking 420 special. If you go to it, you'll see I, the intro is like a Last Dragon intro, right? Yeah. Like, that literally is ingrained in my heart. Like, I love kung fu films and everything else. And that film from a child, like, uh, just that one kind of, again, genre-wise. Yeah. Like, I, I, can re- I can relate Ipman to Last Dragon, right? So, like, from growing up, Still to this day, obviously, like I had to be honest with myself as much as I wanted to keep it off this list. Actually, I was like, motherfucker, you just put a Larry June inspired 2K21 fucking gameplay video with the intro from goddamn Last Dragon. So how the fuck I'm not going to put it on this list? So absolutely, Last Dragon uh, is uh, and shout out to Rudy randomly. I don't know why. Uh, you, oh yeah, I know why. My dog. Uh, you know, shout out, watch his channel, A, A Base Ho- Tohan, if you are into, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. He got some real shit for you there. But yeah, The Last Dragon, that's my number five, sir. Dude, Top that's an excellent choice. West I Indian love World. The Last Dragon. I remember when it first came to Netflix, and I think you and Raleo posted on Facebook the same night about it being on Netflix and both being so excited to watch it. And I was like, I love The Last Dragon, dude. Because vanity, uh, yes. Show enough. Uh, how did you? They. I, I heard somebody say, "Shout out, boss man." I heard somebody say, "If they would do like a backstory on how Show Enough became Show Enough and re, uh, you know, visited that, uh, that would be like a dope thing that we. Uh, I'd love to see. I don't know. We'll probably never see it. Also, like the classic of it, of it kind of just being one of those. Uh, things in time but yeah that's my number five man what's yours my number five is a classic comedy man like i i grew up watching this movie every time i'd watch it as a kid i'd laugh until i couldn't breathe my number five is airplane i love airplane that movie is so silly it's so stupid it's so over the top it doesn't make any sense whatsoever i mean kareem abdul jabbar's in it you've got nuns you've got an airplane crashing you've got leslie nielsen like all of those things, man. Airplane is just a classic to me. It's that it's it's the last, not the last of its kind, but I think it's the best example of what a parody movie really should be. And Airplane is one of those movies that just like struck me as a kid. I loved Leslie Nielsen as a kid. I watched all the Naked Guns. I watched Police Force, and then when I saw Airplane, it just cemented in me like this is hysterical. I still did that. I still do that joke today sometimes where it's like, I've got a drinking problem if I spill water on myself. Like, how can you not? It's like the classic lines, like, don't call me Shirley. Like, come on now. It's just insane and over the top. And it's got jokes in it you could not get away with today. Like when they bring Timmy, the little boy, up to the co-pilot's chair and he goes, have you ever seen a grown man naked, Timmy? And it's just like, you couldn't do that joke today, but it's still hysterical in my opinion. I love that. I love that. Or um, one, one of my favorites where he says, I picked a bad day to stop sniffing glue. Like, just like, just so over the top and stupid. Airplane's my number five, though. <laughs> I can't believe I watched nah, I, that as a kid. See, that, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what I was going to point out. Like, damn, what you doing? But then I go to my number four, and that's, uh, I, I put Pulp Fiction. 
just period. Classic. Uh, I could have put classic. Now this is this is a weird correlation. I also could have put Jurassic Park here because they both have great scenes from Samuel L. Jackson to me. They do. But uh, I can't. I can't. They I can't. do. <laughs> I'm fucking. Maybe be medicated, probably. But uh, yeah, now nah, Pulp Fiction, man. Seriously, as far as stapling down films in genres, like uh, even like movies like surprisingly like The Usual Suspects or yeah. uh, just really the Quentin Tarantino catalog. But the granddaddy of them for me was Pulp Fiction, the movie that I've watched more times than any of them probably is in, in whole, like in one run and in parts. You know what I mean? Because that is one movie that you can watch part of that movie and it's movies within movies that are great. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's probably one of the more shocking movies with the way that that ended that, that I had seen at that point. Like I hadn't seen movies like um, what's the Woody Harrelson film where he plays um, a fucking psychopath? Oh, uh, I can't uh, just, I slip in my mind. Natural right Born now. Killers or Natural Born Killers or American Psycho at that point. But Pulp Fiction as a kid, like I, I had to look back when that came out. I was like, well, yeah, I wouldn't I probably I shouldn't have probably been watching this as a child. This is one of the greatest things I had seen at the time, and it's still it's probably one of the best aged films. That I could have on my personal list that I could still pop in the day that I'll be an old dude watching like old movies and that'll be one of them I can pop on and have a grand time with. Maybe do some micro dosing with my Bitcoin millions. But yeah, that's my number uh, four. My number four is also a Tarantino movie. It is not Pulp Fiction. My number four is one that I saw the first time I think I was 13 years old and I feel like this was like the transition period. This is when I really started to understand movies, but not just movies. This kind of opened up my world musically too, to a whole different vibe, a whole different option. Um, this got me into like 70s soul music, if you will. It's Jackie Brown. I loved Jackie Brown as a kid, like 13 years old. This is kind of that transition period for me. And it's not like, if you've never seen Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown is not like the Tarantino like kind of uh, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, all that stuff. There's not a whole lot of violence in it. I mean, it's about a flight attendant who's basically trying to uh, get rid of a, a, a drug dealer who's kind of making her life a nightmare at a time. And what is so interesting about it, though, is the way that it's structured. And it kind of taught me a lot about cinema to a degree because this is the first movie I remember doing a bunch of like research on. Like, I wanted to know how they did certain things. I wanted to know about the soundtrack. I wanted to know why scenes were shot the certain way. I looked up interviews online with, like, Tarantino before video was, like, prevalent. And I was trying to find, like, I found an old interview with him on LimeWire for download. And I ended up downloading the, if anybody remembers LimeWire, I ended up downloading that interview from LimeWire to see exactly, like, about this movie. I read about it online. I read about the novel. I bought the novel or I, somebody bought the novel for me and I read it. It's called Rump. It's, it's by Elmore Leonard. And I read that one just because I was so interested in that world. And then I had for my birth for Christmas that year, I asked for the soundtrack on CD. Like I just wanted the Jackie Brown soundtrack and I got it. And just in like the idea, like that opened up my world to like the Delphonics in a big way and like 70s soul music that wasn't popular. And then I went down a rabbit hole with, like, the Delphonics, and I'm still a Delphonics fan. Like, I still listen to their music on a regular basis. La, 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 la means I love you. And I remember that description in the movie where she's playing that record, the Delphonics record for the uh, the bounty guy, the, the, the jail bondsman. 
and she's describing about the song. And like, I realized I was like, she's saying the words about music that I've always wanted to say. So there's kind of like this correlation in that movie that it was like this transformative period for me too. And then from there, it's like, I went down like the Foxy Brown sites, like not the sites, but like the movie, you know, like the, the seventies movies that he was referencing. Like when he talked about the movie in this interview and I went and like, 14, 15, 16, I rented those movies, man. Hey, bro, that's crazy, man. And that's a great fucking choice. You know, as a Quentin Tarantino fan, I love that. I mean, shit, motherfucking Samuel L. Jackson again yes. with a ponytail. And motherfucking Chris Tucker was in that film. Yeah. They were, that, that's like a secretly good film. Yeah, right. So, like, I, that's a great fucking choice. I'm surprised you watched that. And see, that was, yeah. Yeah. Stars. See, that makes that, 13 that, years the old. Age gap, that, the age gap shows right there because I was older than you when that came out. Pulp Fiction came out before that, so that, that tears it. That's a great choice. That's a great fucking choice. It just okay? and I chose it because it was a transformative choice for me. Like it changed my perspective on movies. It changed my perspective on music and how music was described. It changed my perspective on how music engages with movies. And you're right, Chris Tucker was in it. Beaumont. They put him in that trunk and they open it. Boom. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even want to tell that. Like it's 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 funny that that movie's old as shit, and I'm just like, don't don't spoil it. But it's so that's good. It's a, like it's a silent. A it's a silent classic, I'm, in my opinion. That surprises me to be on your list. Though, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that was like I love some of these other films didn't really surprise me, especially as a kid. And it really is just showing to me how fucking weird you were as a kid. I can't wait to go back and listen to this so yeah. I can dig deeper yeah. into how you became the Silence of the Lambs. That could be on the list. <laughs> anyway, my number three, if I'm going to be honest, and yes, it's cliche, but my number three is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Classic. I can't tell you the love as a child, as much as I wanted to keep this one off of the list. The original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was my shit. It was literally my go-to when any body came over and had to sleep over at my home like yeah. you want to watch teenage mutant ninja turtles bro at least put 100%. that on percent we order we'll order some pizza 100 percent. and watch teenage mutant turtles and then maybe get on a game you know what i'm saying and hey i got teenage mutant ninja turtles on super nintendo turtles you time. Team up and com- the time you want to get on a game but as far as movies i don't know man that thing the original one even a, a second one the return with the ooze thing whatever the fuck. loved them both um uh, but yeah yeah as a kid just that that innocent childhood nature, want to be a ninja, and still still loving that franchise. Even though the most recent movie series, maybe I just aged out. I just don't. I mean, it kind of felt like a worse version. Out of the shadows was way. pretty good. The sequel, yeah, Out of the Shadows, go was pretty good. I, I gotta go back and watch that one again because I don't. I don't want to hate on it sideways based yeah. on nostalgia. Though now the film. first right. one, the first one, you're right, was not good. That was terrible. But Out of the Shadows, I actually really liked. Bebop yeah, and Rocksteady yeah, that's what, and Casey Bebop Jones. Bebop and Rocksteady did kind of carry that. Yeah, because they had old boy, they had old boy from uh, the Boondocks that plays. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the racist black guy on the Boondocks <laughs> is, is in that one. I forgot about Yeah, Uncle uh, Ruckus. Question. Anyway. Uncle Ruckus, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's number three, man. The, the original 1990s film um, that kind of kicked off that Ninja Turtles era that still carries on to this day, I guess, a little bit. Uh, I'm looking forward to the, the new game that's coming out, honestly. But yeah, that's my number three, man. One of my favorites as a kid. My number three is my love of monster movies. Kind of kicked off with this. Before this, I didn't really watch monster movies. And then I got into Godzilla and Critters after this. But my number three is Tremors. I love Tremors. Dude, that movie is so insane. The idea of being in the desert with these giant sandworms... 
that you're trying to kill. Kevin Bacon's in it. Uh, what's her name? The, the She had that show, the country singer who had that show on whatever it was, CMT. But she's in it too. And just like the fact that they're still making Tremors movies today, like they're still making Tremors movies, but nothing will be as good as the very first one. This movie scared me as a kid and it brought to attention when I got older, like horror movies that take place in the daylight are often can be scarier than ones that take place at night or in the dark. And Tremors was this movie for me, man. And it's funny. It's cartoonish. It's silly. Like, that's why I still watch it to this day. I still love this movie so much. It's insanely over the top and gory in a way. But it was, it kind of reminded me too, because like after I watched Tremors, <coughs> I'll never forget the first night that I watched it was, it was Tremors. And then I watched Kingdom of the Spiders with William Shatner. Like back to back, man. Like there's just so, such a silly about giant spiders. But Tremors was the one that really struck me as like, man, this movie is so good. And it has no reason to be this good. It's a cheesy movie. Kevin Bacon was on a downturn. And this kind of resurgence brought some resurgence to his career, too. I will forever be grateful to Tremors for introducing me to monster movies. As much as I love them nowadays. Like, Tremors was the one that really kind of started that vibe. So, my number three yeah, is man. Tremors. Good choice. You're insane. Number two, uh, <laughs> Batman, the 1989 version. Michael Keaton Classic. is still the best Batman as a kid, yeah, I, that's it's it. great, that's, man. Like the nineteen, that, like Batman and it. Batman Returns are great movies. I still watch them to this day. That's it. Yeah, they're yeah, they're fantastic. It. Yeah, they're as fantastic. a kid coming on putting Batman with the print, like I said, man, like just that whole Jack Nicholson. Like th- think about the actors in that film. Yeah, Jack Nicholson, Batman and Michael Batman King. Returns, exactly. Which it starts a whole genre for me personally. That was kind of the start of the superhero. It was. And he's coming back as Batman. Fucking great. And he did. He, I loved him as the Vulture. But yeah, that's my number two, man. That's my number two. Batman, the 1989 version. Pound for pound. And, and you can add returns on there because it was right there. I still like the first one better probably because of... Uh, that's hard. Never mind. That's it's, hard. That's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Uh, probably because Prince gets the edge and it's original. It's that, it's that Michael Keaton. Yeah. And then that introduction, introduction Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Right. Yeah, like that. I think we give, I might give Batman Returns a little bit too much. Danny DeVito's yeah, The Penguin is an underrated, like, villain. He's terrifying. No, but no, right. No, no, he was. That, that's what, that's the, right, 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 right. But he Jack, made that, Jack, Jack Nicholson Jack is, is the Joker. Joker. So, the Prince soundtrack, Jack, dude. The Prince soundtrack. Man, even, I, can't, I, I can't remember his name, but the boss. Jack's boss. Oh man, yeah, uh, film was like a bad motherfucker too. You know what I'm saying? I yep. think that was. I think that might his last film. I think it. I think he died. It possibly that. was. I think you're probably right. Like those first two, man, Batman and Batman Returns. Just thinking back on that, it's just like, fine. just so good, man. And I still somebody made an argument the other day that, and I I read it online because I love the Dark Knight trilogy. But somebody made the argument the other day that the Dark Knight trilogy did more damage to Batman than the Joel Shoemaker movies, Batman Forever and Batman uh, and Robin. And I could almost see their point because after the Dark Knight trilogy, all of the superhero movies from DC had to be like dark and gritty, you know? 
And it was like, I don't like Batman Forever or Batman Return or Batman and Robin that much. But going back, they're comic book movies. They're true comic book movies. Like, they're campy, they're silly, they're over the top. Batman has nipples for some reason on his suit. Doesn't make any sense. But there's something about them that are kind of fun. You know? Like, they're silly fun, movies. Fun to play with Batman nipples? <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> My number two. Going back. I've watched this movie at different ages. And it, the movie actually becomes more fond overtime for me my number two and the basically the way i'll introduce it is just with a quote from the movie is i never had friends like i did when i was 12 years old and it's the movie stand by me based off the short story by stephen king the body and stand by me is very much like i didn't know it at the time but watching it as a kid i loved it because of the adventure the kids were on and watching it as an adult, I love it because it makes me reminiscent for my childhood and my friends I had as a child and the adventures we'd go on walking the creek or like literally walking the ditch to get to Walmart, which was all the way on the other side of town or riding our bikes to the comic book shop or just like going into the woods because supposedly witches had a place in the woods and we were, we were searching for their little, little area that they had in the woods. You know, it's like these tall tales you tell yourself as a kid. But Stand By Me for me is just like this classic movie of just like childhood and what it means to grow up. And, you know, it's kind of this just very nostalgia ridden flick today and it still holds up. But when I was watching it as a kid, it made me want to go on adventures. I, a lot of kids had the Goonies and I had the Goonies growing up, too. And I love the Goonies. But Stand By Me was probably my favorite version of that. Um, for me, it was the soundtrack the idea of just like jumping into the junkyard to go get these things and being chased out by a dog and just all kind of like the hecticness kids can get into kind of like the chaos that we can bring upon the world when we're children and we don't even realize it. It is just because we're curious, just because we're curious about the world around us. And I just love stand by me, man. It's, it's a fascinatingly fun. It's not just fun, but it also does kind of make me sad in a good way. I don't know if that makes sense, but I like being sad in a good way, and Stand By Me does that for me. So that was my yeah, number two. Sometimes, like the sad that reminds you to be grateful to be alive. I get exactly. it. I've never heard about it. I'm not gonna. I, I need to check this out. I'm not gonna lie. I thought you was talking about the Morgan Freeman movie where he was a principal carrying around a bat for a second. I, I, I mean, I like that movie that too, but that's but uh, Stand By Me is. I highly recommend it to anybody who it's, it came out in 1986. And it's just, it's got an also an over the top moment where the main character is a storyteller. And he tells this story about this giant fat kid who goes, enters a pie eating contest and ends up making the entire audience throw up. And it's just gross and over the top, but it's also got so much heart to it. It's a weird movie, man, but go watch it. I highly recommend it. That's my number two. What is your number one? We're on number one. My God. Man, that shit is crazy. Oh, man. And this one was the hardest one, man. This, this one was, was the hardest one to yeah. do. Um, it's Janet Jackme's film, Ain't No Thunder 2, 1994 <laughs> version. Um, there we go. There we go. Sorry, that's not that's not Janet Jackme. That's not Janet Jackme. I think that it's in Living Color 3 with Janet Jackme. Um, there we go. 1992. That's my number one film. Take it. Uh, now, yeah. All jokes aside, uh, 
it, it's a movie that I watch by myself in the theaters. It's, it's like I do that all the time. As lame as it is, when I was a kid, I would go to that's a place of silence and peace for me. Where it's like, well, Ty, where you going? I may go to the um, I may go to the movie theater by myself, right? Yeah. And you know, you get a different experience going to the movie theater. That's why it. it's called a fucking like family outing when you go with your family. Like as much as I loved, I just bought a big ass TV. I just paid that motherfucker off. Thank Jesus. Um, and lock that motherfucker in so that way when I finally do get a PlayStation, it'll be dope. So I can watch movies like Psycho Gorman and have a great time at home. Uh, but as far as movies that I cheat coded with this film because I was probably I'd considered a grown man, at least by the law. Uh, but I look at it as being a kid. Favorite movies of all time as a kid, The Matrix. Love 1999. It. Love it. Um, when I left that movie theater at that point, uh, it kind of changed my perspective on life for a little while. Like I've talked about this shit before, and as much as I wanted to like keep it off the list and being so high, I had to have it on this list as far as yeah. just pound pound overall like movies. If I had to list it out as a kid, like remembering what was going on and being like walking out theater by my motherfucking self and just looking around and being like, oh, am I in the Matrix? Yeah, I- I've had very rare moments like that from a movie. Yeah, maybe the Joker. I had a weird kind of deep. We had a long discussion after that. Yeah, when I left the theater, and it was based on the people around me. But like that, as far as like just emotional responses for whatever fucking reason, just perspective changes. Even if it was just a subtle perspective change, or, or just so much immersion in a film as a kid, like that was like the last kid moment I think I had. Yeah, and it was great to have it at an actual movie theater with other people, random strangers, something that that uh, we were able to experience that with. Uh, and I can't wait for the opportunity to do that again and get back to enjoying uh, one of my favorite things to do at some point, maybe in a healthy way. Thankful for all the streaming services and the options of maybe being able to do both. That's yep. great, but that's one of the things I've always talked about. I've missed the most. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, there's nothing even really coming out that I'm just super excited about. But when the time comes, I can't wait to have that experience again. But yeah, that's my number one uh, favorite movie as a kid. And I'm sure we got plenty of also runs. But what, what's your number one? My number one is my version of the Goonies. My actual version of the Goonies. It's not the Goonies itself. It's the Monster Squad. I've been in love with this movie since I saw it when I was a child. And I'm never going to stop loving this movie. Wolfman has nards is probably one of my favorite quotes. That movie, it's it from the idea of the kid wearing the red shirt that says Stephen King rules. I saw so much of myself in these kids because I was that kid. I loved monster movies and horror movies, and I had you know magazines. I would bring Fangoria to school and read Fangoria, and you know I loved comic books and weird things. And then watching the Universal movies brought to light in such a bizarre way. And it's it's just, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but it's also an emotional experience every time I watch that movie. And it's always emotional in a really good way, but at the same time, that story about Frankenstein, and it, it, it was the movie that first taught me that not all monsters are evil. Sometimes they're created and people mistake them for being evil. And that was kind of like my first introduction to that concept of the good monster like Frankenstein Frankenstein is not an evil monster if you go back and watch the original movies he's not evil he's he's gotten zero he's got zero want to be a horrible you know destructive creature 
He simply was just brought into this situation. And I love that movie, and I love the the Monster Squad overall between Dracula and Wolfman and the fat kid, Horus, where at the end he's got that shotgun in his hands, and he blows away the creature from the Black Lagoon, and he goes, good job, fat kid, and he turns around and goes, he cocks the shotgun and goes, my name is Horus. It's, it's a beautiful moment, man. Like, and then the part with the little girl, the sister, where she goes, Frankenstein, don't go. And he gives, she gives her his, te- her teddy bear and he's pulled back into the portal. I, I don't know if you've known this, but I, I've seen that movie a lot. I can almost quote that Bro, movie verbatim. I swear, how many times have we talked about a love for the Monster Squad? I'm right. so glad. I, and right. I, I'm so glad that you brought, that's a perfect fucking, yeah, I love it. That's something all the one, way up man. to. That's a dope one. Yeah, that's, that does it. That does it. You want to get? I know we got. I know we got a lot. Of I also got a runs. lot of also on. runs. Yeah. Let's. You want to? You want to run through yours first? Yeah. 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 Hold on. Okay. My microphone did that thing again. Act it up. So it's gonna be super loud for two seconds. I'll have to edit that. Being that Okay, I think that got it. Okay, so yeah, we'll get into some also runs real quick. This is just a few of mine. Uh, Starship Troopers. <laughs> Robocop. Mars Attacks. Total Recall. Gremlins. A Goofy Movie. Aladdin. Highlander. Die Hard. DuckTales the Movie. Blank Man. Meteor Man. Halloween. Bill and Ted. Heavy Metal, Transformers, Nightmare on Elm Street, Critters, TMNT, Batman, and The Matrix. Those were my also. I, probably a thousand I'm forgetting too. You know, but those were my also right. runs. Dope, dope. Uh, I got The Princess and the Bride, um, The Giver, House Party, House Party. The oh, I forgot House Party. Braveheart, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Rambo Two, Beverly Hills Cop Two, Top Gun, Crocodile Dundee. Uh, booty call, uh, weird science, uh, classics, Jurassic Park, Fight Club, uh, Breakfast Club. Uh, I forgot I, Breakfast I, Club. Don't be a don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. <laughs> I don't really count. Uh, Ernest scared stupid. Ernest um, goes to camp. Predator. Yeah, like that whole Ernest thing. Adam's yeah, family. Nutty Professor, probably one yeah. of my favorite father son going to the movies experience it, that's my favorite member when my father the movies going to see the another professor that was hilarious cool runnings hook aladdin commando sandlot they off uh set it off uh ace ventura that series uh the wizard star wars episode five the empire strikes back uh the mighty ducks yep uh, or uh, Super Mario, you already said that. And I forgot. I forgot too. Double Dragon and Street Fighter. I love both right. of those movies. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 You already said Blank Man for me. The Monster Squad was the first one I wrote. Usual suspect. I think that's a, yeah. And as usual, can't wait to hear everybody's else list. In fact, let me let me knock this out real quick. The for the people that show love. While we wrapping this up, um, I want to go through Curtis. Triple OG Patreon member, hundred percent OG's list real quick from last week's list. Top seven military games. His number seven was Call of Duty World at War. His number six was Battlefield Bad Company. Fucking great choice. Number five Halo, Halo Two, of course. Number four Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty. Fucking salute. Number three Gears of War Two, of course. Number two Battlefield Four: Dopeness. Uh, yes, yes. And uh, number one Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. You already know it's love, brother. 
Uh, and we got Brandon motherfucking booty is my motherfucking Adams Patreon. My niggas top seven military games: Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 version number seven. Number six, Army Men Sarge's Hero N64. I need to look into that. It's not coming in my brain off the top, but I trust it. You already know. Number five, Medal of Honor. Number four, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number three, Toy Stories Action Strategy Tower Defense. Highly recommended. Fucking dope choice. Number two, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Future Soldier. He states he's massively underrated, most in-depth gunsmith in any any shooter. Thank you for that reminder. I actually agree with that. Call of Duty, and number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. That, uh, uh, you already know. That's them real. That's that real shit. He also, Halo, the outfit. Uh, Halo, he says, I see it more as a sci-fi game in the military. That's realistic. The outfit, wonderful garbage. <laughs> right? Battlefield. While a great series always outshined by Call of Duty simplicity. I can feel that, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, SCT, Triple OG's opinions reign true. Yeah, I think we've did got, do his list? We've got one Am from Rob Harding. His list? Get, yeah, you can do that one. Yeah, Rob Harding, was he, he went back on the remastered remake list, um, and he gave us his top seven. Top seven, Ratchet & Clank Classic, Bioshock Collection, uh, the Uncharted Collection, Metal Gear Solid 2 Remaster, Metal Gear Solid HD Collection, Super Mario All-Stars for SNES, Classic, Mass Effect Legacy, number two, and number one is the FF7 Remake. Dope, dope. Rob, you already know what fucking time it is, Rob. 100%. Um, one more thing. Gotta read Dewey's. I mean, that motherfucker yeah. right there, that yeah. is the, you know, thank you for your service right now as we speak for real, sir. So, uh, his top seven military games, Splinter Cell series. Who doesn't love Sam Fisher? This game was one of the sole reasons we had a PlayStation 2 growing up because my mom loved the game. She wasn't good at shooting, <laughs> so she liked the stealth aspect of it. As uh, Also, hello, Ubisoft. We could use another installment. That's real. I agree. No, well, hey, okay, I fucked all that up. My bad, dude. It was backwards. The other one was backwards. That was his number one. So we'll work from number seven. Medieval Total War, <laughs> commanding armies of thousands of knights and such uh, wielding the most brutal of medieval armaments. Also, you can uh, play historic battles. Uh, yes, please. Number six, Call of Duty World at War. This was my introduction in the Call of Duty series and my introduction in the online multiplayer on Xbox where I can go uh, where I go to listen uh, to how many 12-year-old little kids have sexual intercourse with my mother and night before. That's <laughs> uh, Starcraft. <laughs> Broad War uh, or Brood War? Brood War, yeah. Not realistic uh, by any means, but who knows? Maybe uh, we aren't too far off from slaying hordes of Zerglings and Zealots now that we have a U.S. Space Force. Bro, my memory from Space Force came up on Facebook. Me too. I, I die fucking laugh. Thank you, dude. Halo series number four, the only downfall to this is Master Chief has basically saved the galaxy six times. And he is still an enlisted <laughs> rank. That is you true. You think he'd be an officer by now? Number three, SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs. I appreciate him personally for stamping this one. Uh, the fact that this game had the voice input, bless you. The fact that Thank this you. game had the voice inputs as an absolute game changer and made you feel like a total badass commanding your own team of the most elite fighting men in the world. Uh, number two. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, this game was the reason I joined the military. I recall my mom giving me a ride to GameStop to get a copy of it at midnight on my 360, Xbox 360. About halfway through the campaign uh, of the game, I told her that this was what I wanted to do for a living. That's dope. 
And I already read number one Splinter Cell series. Uh, and now Levi also made a list. I just Dewey took the the last little reading, and I got out of me right now. But you can please check Levi out on our motherfucking SCT or skip the tutorial um page. He has a uh, channel that y'all could please subscribe to and check out. You can check out his list there, Military Games. Hundred um, percent. You can get a link directly through our group. Uh, but yeah. That's that's pretty much all I got, brethren. Man, that's all I got this week, as we always do before we sign off. Oh, well, make sure. Let us know your list. Top seven favorite childhood movies. Skip the tutorial podcast at gmail.com. Facebook.com backslash skip the tutorial pod. Twitter at SG2 underscore pod. Instagram.com backslash skip the tutorial pod. And if you want to hear more, skip the tutorial in your life. Patreon.com backslash STT pod. Five bucks a month gets you four additional shows. And as we always do before we sign off, stay humble. Stay humble. Little sis, I love you. If you get a list, call me. Let me know. I'll put it up and squeeze. Yeah. Good night, Cambodia. Oh.